Thank you for listening to this audio recording from the pastoral team at Church of the Redeemer, an Anglican church in Greensboro, North Carolina. If you'd like to know more about Church of the Redeemer, its ministry, or its mission, then visit us online at RedeemerGSO.org. It's good to be with you, even though I can't see you. It's good to open the Word together. We're going to be in John chapter 10 this morning. And so if you have your Bibles there at your house, I encourage you to open them up to John chapter 10. This is a a passage that may be familiar to you if you have any background in the church. This This is the account of Jesus calling himself the Good Shepherd. And so even if you don't have any background in church uh, and all of this is is new to you, you might be familiar with Good Shepherd Hospital. Um, there's a lot of different usages of this imagery uh, to talk about Jesus. Um, but I think sometimes in the church, we take this image in, of Jesus as a shepherd, and we sometimes think about it only as being relevant to to children. It, it is a it's a it's a beautiful image uh, and it is a is a uh, uh, an image of giving care. But I want to dive more deeply into this passage to show you today that this passage is not just is not just relevant for our children, but for all of us, our children and adults alike. In fact, um, we we work off of what's called the lectionary. That's a it's a list of of scripture readings, assigned scripture readings that uh, that guide most of our preaching throughout the year. Sometimes we vary from this list uh, in order to do a particular sermon series or something like that. But this this uh, this list is set apart by the church, and not just our local church, but the church at large, uh, so that we're all reading the same passages each week, studying the same kind of things, and and we read the Bible together then on a three year cycle, uh, and. But every year, no matter which, which of the three years of the cycle that we're in, every fourth Sunday of Easter, we read this passage from John chapter 10 to talk about the Good Shepherd. Every single year on this date, we come back to this passage and this truth and this image. Why? Why? With all of the other important things we need to talk about, why come back here to this passage every year? Well, let's dig in deeply, and I think that you'll start to understand. So, so to begin with, let me give a little context for us as we read these words of Jesus. Shepherds were a common sight in Israel during this time, and there were different ways that sheep were kept, uh, but, but most centered around a communal shepherd. So individual families owned some sheep, and they hired a local teenager who also, like, mowed their grass and whatever else um, to also take care of their sheep. Although I suppose if you had sheep, you wouldn't need someone to mow your, anyway, that's a different thought for a different time. So, so here's, here's the two ways that this would, uh, that this would work. One, some places and in certain times of year, the individual sheep would be kept at night in the houses of the people who owned them. Uh, or in a little pen outside of of the house. And then in the morning, the community shepherd would come down the road and he would use a distinct whistle or call and he would let the families and the sheep know that he's coming. And so when the sheep heard him, they would get excited and they wanted to go with him because he would lead them out to grass and to water and their little flock 
friends so that they could hang out together. So they, they probably heard this call and scratched at the door like a puppy. Like there's this excite, I don't, excited sheep sounds like a really fun image to me. Um, but, uh, but the family would then open the door uh, and they would run out and join the other sheep in following the shepherd to the grazing land, like green pastures still waters, the kind of things that we talked about in Psalm 23 today. So that's, that's one image that Jesus is, is working off of here. And then other times that when, when it was warm out at night, and when the location allowed it, there would be a communal sheep pen that would be built out in the grazing land itself. It was mostly stacked stone in a, in a circle shape, with thorns set on top of it to, to help to deter predators. Um, and the shepherds would sleep in the little, the opening to the corral at night so that the sheep couldn't get out and get lost and predators couldn't get in. And sometimes multiple shepherds would use the same, the same little sheep pen. And so their flocks would be mixed up even overnight. But when the shepherd would leave the next morning and he would call with his distinct call, his sheep knew his voice and would follow him out. And the flocks were easily separated as the, the, the sheep followed their particular shepherd. So these are images that would have been well known to the Israelites uh, in the time that Jesus was, was teaching and speaking these words. And so with this image in mind, let's dive back into the text, okay? And I'm going to give away the ending first. So jump down to verse 11. Um, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. So not to give a spoiler ahead of time, but all of this that we're talking about here and all of this imagery is, is uh, Jesus is saying to teach us about who he is and his qualities and his actions, okay? So now, with all that context, go back up to verse 1. John 10, verse 1. Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. So again, you've got this image of the corral at night and the shepherds in the, in the door of, of the sheep pen. If anybody comes in another way, they don't have good intentions. They're stealing those sheep. To, to him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. So you're seeing this communal shepherd walking down the road, calling the sheep. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers. Verse six, this figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So John here, the author of this gospel, is telling us that this is a figure of speech. In other words, Jesus is using an analogy concerning something they would have been familiar with um, to, uh, to teach them about himself. So, so let's, let's dive into to what it is that we can learn about Jesus from this, this image. First of all, in verse three, just want to pull out some highlights here. The shepherd knows his sheep by name. That's what it says. To him, the gatekeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. There is a closeness and an intimacy here. Our God is not distant or impersonal. He knows you by name. The shepherds would oftentimes name their sheep. I don't know. It doesn't record like 
fluffy cotton ball, lamb chop, mutton. I don't know. I don't know what they named their sheep. But they would oftentimes name their sheep. They come fluffy and fluffy would, would come. Uh, and, and they would often groom them. They would pick off the insects, make sure that nothing was burrowing into their wool. They would untangle their wool. If it got matted, they would check them for wounds. They would care for these sheep. They didn't just walk around and hope that the sheep followed them, uh, but they would turn around. They would spend time with those sheep, caring for, making sure that those sheep are healthy. And I want to draw a direct line here because this is what Jesus is doing from the way that God deals with us to the way that shepherds deal with their sheep. Jesus chose this image purposefully to show the personal care and concern that he has for those who belong to him. Maybe you just need to hear this message this morning. He has a personal care for you by name. He knows the struggles you're going with. He knows how hard it is to be locked in a house with two almost teenage boys for weeks on end. Maybe that's just me, but he knows whatever it is you're struggling with too. He knows if you've been laid off from work. He knows the financial fear that you have. He knows knows the social fear that you have. He knows what it is that you are struggling with. He knows your wounds. He is not distant. He is not far off. And the second thing that we see here in verse three is that he leads them out and he leads them out of their cramped temporary spaces into green pastures. I think this is particularly relevant to us right now in our time of isolation, but not simply because we're literally locked in our houses, but that there are many things that keep us locked up. And in this time when you're dealing with so much anxiety, fear, anger, grief, frustration, Jesus knows and is concerned and is here to comfort. He's here to lead you out. This morning, he is here to lead you out of those spaces in which you are locked in. He can turn your mourning into joy, your confinement into freedom, your, certain, your uncertainty into confidence, your sin into righteousness. If you are mired in these things right now, Let me ask if perhaps you're trying to solve your issues through your own might, in your own power, in your own control. And that's what's leading you to this exhaustion. That's what's leading you to this fear. The shepherd wants you to give those things to him. He wants to lead you out. The sheep would go with him because they knew his voice and they trusted him. Do you trust the shepherd? So that leads me to my third point here. The sheep knew to follow the shepherd because they recognized his voice. They were familiar with his voice. They have heard his call. And not only is he familiar with them, but they are familiar with him. And they trusted when they heard his voice. We would teach our kids when they were growing up that if someone else besides your mommy or your daddy um, wanted to take you somewhere uh, and, and started to pull you away with your hand, that we would say, we want you to yell stranger danger. This isn't my dad. This isn't my mom. We want you to yell and bite and kick because that's a stranger and we don't trust them. But the sheep know the shepherd's voice and they go with him willingly. He wants to tell us, and he goes on to tell us in verse 10, that he has come that we may have life and have it abundantly. And abundantly means quantity, everlasting life. 
but it also means quality. It also means a freedom from the things that oppress us and from the sin that ensnares us and the shame that holds us down. Are you listening to the voice of Jesus? And if you say, Dan, I, I hear these things, but I don't know, how, how do I do that? How do I, how do I listen to the voice of Jesus? Well, we need to become familiar with it. We need to be in prayer. We need to be in the scripture. You can hear his voice as he has spoken in his scripture. We need to be intentional about being in community. And, and, and listen, we, we stress all the time that you can't earn your salvation, that you can't earn righteousness, that you can't earn the presence of God. But intentionality in these things is not earning salvation. We don't believe that, um, that just because Jesus has done all the work to gain our salvation, that, that we have no responsibility or no participation at all. You are invited into participate in a greater life with him that does take some intentionality and some effort on our part. Effort does not mean earning. Effort means participating with what has already been granted to us. It's following the shepherd. And this takes some particular effort right now. Now, I'm not usually one for graphs and images during preaching, but, but I want to make a bit of an exception in this case. I want to show you a graph that has been helpful for me in helping understand why we're struggling through some of the things that we are, that we are struggling through. This was put together a long time before COVID-19 or anything like that. And it helps describe what um, sort of a communal response in our emotions and our motivations during times of crisis. So you can use this during, during this pandemic that we're in, or you could put in 9-11 here. Anytime that there's a major communal crisis that we're, that we're all sharing. And what you see here is that at the beginning, there's kind of warnings and we start to, we start to panic a little bit. Um, and, then, and then when the crisis happens, when the impact of the crisis happens, we have this sort of surge of adrenaline where we go, yeah, okay, we're in this together and we're going to get through it and we might be afraid, but nothing can stop us and we're going to be okay. And we come together in new ways as the church and we start gathering together every night for evening prayer. And there's dozens and dozens of folks on the Zoom call together and it goes way up. And then... And then that adrenaline starts to wear off. And what was sort of novel at the beginning and what was sort of, what was, uh, what was, had some sense of excitement, even if it was full of fear, starts to become more a marathon than a sprint. And we start to lose energy. And this is why you feel tired a lot right now. And this is why it's so much easier to just watch Netflix. This is why you keep forgetting about evening prayer that you haven't been on in a long time. And this isn't just about evening prayer. I'm usually simply using that as an example. But the things that we are, uh, that we have put intention into and energy into, I just, I just don't know. I, I, it's much easier for me to watch Jack Ryan again, right? Um, and, and so we sit there and we just, we just consume. And look, I want you to see that that downward, that downward trend there is normal. But just because it's normal doesn't mean that we shouldn't push back against it. It doesn't mean that Jesus is saying, uh, Jesus is saying, I want to pull you out of that. I want to pull you out of that place where, where you're full of tiredness and, and depression and lack of motivation. And I want to listen to my voice, come out of the sheep pen, come and follow me. Friends, the voice of the shepherd is calling us into life abundant, even in the midst of our trials. 
He is the one who leads to joy. Listen and follow. Maybe you're saying, Dan, I don't, I don't hear his voice right now. Well, may, may I be so bold as to say that right now God has sent one of the priests of his one holy Catholic church to open up the scripture in your very living room so that you may hear the voice of the shepherd calling you out of this place of frustration and anger and depression and into a place of fulfillment and joy by following the shepherd. This is his voice. Follow, follow where he is leading. It's not the relaxing of stay-at-home orders that are going to bring us freedom. It's the giving of our very souls to the shepherd himself. Lastly, I want you to see in this text that Jesus warns us that there are other voices as well. Um, that he calls them thieves and robbers in verse 8. He calls them strangers in verse 5. And that these other voices come only, he says, to steal and kill and destroy in verse 10. He's clear. Don't listen to just any voice. And listen, uh, there are a lot of voices right now. There's a ton of information. There's a ton of prediction. There's a ton of speculation. There are, there's good counsel. There's bad counsel. It's, it's overwhelming where at first we were so hungry for any kind of information. Now, if you're like me, I'm just going to please stop with the information. It's hard to even tell who to listen to. Hear the voice of the shepherd that you know through community, that you know through his scripture, that you know through prayer. And Jesus is specifically talking about, in this passage, uh, about these other voices, about the Pharisees who, who, who were teaching a skewed truth and a skewed vision of God. But this warning is universal. Copious amounts of media consumption is probably not a good idea for you right now. So that's a whole nother set of voices. And I'm not saying don't watch the news and I'm not saying don't get, don't get information. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying, are you listening to the voice of the shepherd with as much effort and energy as you are all of these other voices that are speaking to you? What are you filling your mind and your soul with? We absolutely need information, but we also need wisdom to navigate these times. And wisdom comes from the mouth of the Lord. And above all, we need to be reassured by the firm foundation upon which we stand that God is sovereign, God is good, God is able, and God wins in the end, and so does the church. That's the trajectory of all of this. The trajectory is victory. And we are the church. So don't listen to the voices, real or imagined, that would ever tell you otherwise. So let me wrap this up by saying this. There's one other really important note about this passage of Jesus saying, I am the good shepherd. It's not, it's not only what Jesus is saying that's important. It's how he is saying it. There are seven instances in the Gospel of John where Jesus makes a statement about himself, beginning with the phrase, I am. In verse 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. I am the gate for the sheep. And there's more going on here than Jesus just making statements of self-reflection. Let me read to you from Exodus chapter 3. When Moses was in the wilderness and he saw a burning bush and he was given instructions to let God's people out of slavery uh, in Egypt. Exodus 3, 13, Moses said to God, 
suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, hypothetically, if I go to them and say, the God of your father sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? What am I to tell them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. This phrase, I am, is the one who exists. It can be translated, I am who I am, or I will be who I will be. It is forever. It is eternal. It is God himself. I am has sent me to you. I am the good shepherd, says Jesus. Jesus is saying, I am the God of all history, the God who has proven himself good and powerful and willing to save. I am the God who is present now. I am the God who is still in control of the future. I am the good shepherd. Friends, let us take joy that these words were not simply for the people of Israel 2,000 years ago, but that I am is here. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, and the voice of the good shepherd is calling you to repentance, forgiveness, freedom, new life, unshakable joy, and green pastures. I am is present. The good shepherd is calling. Make every effort to listen and to follow. Amen.